0: This episode of the OrthoBullets podcast will go over the topic of Keenbox disease from the hand section on orthobullets.com. Keenbox disease is avascular necrosis of the lunate leading to abnormal carpal motion. As far as the epidemiology, Keenbox disease is most common in males between 20 to 40 years old. Risk factors include history of trauma. As far as the pathophysiology of Keenbox disease, it is thought to be caused by multiple factors biomechanical factors, and anatomic factors. Biomechanical factors include an ulnar negative variance which leads to increased radial lunate contact stress, decreased radial inclination, and repetitive trauma. Again, biomechanical factors that can lead to Keenbox disease include an ulnar negative variance which leads to increased radial lunate contact stress, decreased radial inclination, and repetitive trauma. Anatomic factors include the geometry of the lunate, and vascular supply to the lunate, and keep in mind that patterns of arterial blood supply have differential incidences of avascular necrosis. As far as vascular supply to the lunate, disruption of venous outflow can lead to increased intraosseous pressure, and blood supply to the capitate is also poor and may lead to avascular necrosis. As far as the prognosis of Keenbox disease, this is a progressive and potentially debilitating condition if unrecognized and untreated. Now let's go over some relevant anatomy. Specifically, we'll talk about the blood supply to the lunate, and there are three variations, a Y pattern, an X pattern, and an I pattern. The I pattern is seen in 31% of patients and is postulated to be at the highest risk for avascular necrosis. As far as the classification of Kienbock's disease, the one to know is the Lixman classification, and this is divided into four stages. Stage 1 is described as no visible changes on x-ray, however changes are seen on MRI. Treatment is immobilization and NSAIDs. Stage 2 is described as sclerosis of the lunate, and treatment can include a joint leveling procedure in the setting of ulnar negative patients, a radial wedge osteotomy or STT fusion which is done in ulnar neutral patients, distal radius core decompression, and revascularization procedures. Stage 3 is divided into stage 3a and stage 3b. Stage 3a is described as lunate collapse and no scaphoid rotation. The treatment is the same as stage 2, again joint leveling procedures in ulnar negative patients, a radial wedge osteotomy or STT fusion in ulnar neutral patients, distal radius core decompression, or a revascularization procedure. Stage 3b is described as lunate collapse and fixed scaphoid rotation. Treatment in stage 3b is a proximal row carpectomy, STT fusion, or SC fusion. Finally, stage 4 is described as degenerated adjacent intercarpal joints, and treatment is a wrist fusion, proximal row carpectomy, or limited intercarpal fusion. As far as the presentation of Keenbox disease, symptoms can include dorsal wrist pain, which is usually more activity related and is more often in the dominant hand. Physical exam should include inspection and palpation, which may reveal plus or minus wrist swelling, however patients are often tender over the radiocarpal joint. Range of motion assessment may reveal decreased flexion extension arcs and a decreased grip strength. As far as imaging, recommended views on radiographs include an AP, lateral, and oblique views of the wrist. CT is most useful once the lunate collapse has already occurred. CT is best for showing the extent of the necrosis, trabecular destruction, and lunate geometry. MRI is best for diagnosing early disease. It's also used to rule out ulnar impaction. Findings may include decreased T1 signal intensity, as well as reduced vascularity of the lunate. Treatment for keenbox disease can be non-operative or operative. Nonoperative management includes observation, immobilization, and NSAIDs, this is indicated as the initial management for stage 1 disease. As far as outcomes, a majority of these patients will undergo further degeneration and require operative management. Operative options include temporary scapho trapezio pinning. This is indicated for adolescents with radiographic evidence of box and progressive wrist pain. Other options include joint leveling procedures, which are indicated for stage 1, 2, and 3a disease with ulnar negative variants. This is considered the initial operative management. The technique can be a radial shortening osteotomy or an ulnar lengthening osteotomy. However, there is more evidence on radial shortening. A radial wedge osteotomy is another operative option which is indicated for stage 1, stage 2, and stage 3a disease with ulnar positive or neutral variants. Vascularized bone grafts is another operative option which is indicated in stage 1, 2, 3A and 3B disease. As far as outcomes, early results are promising, but long-term data is lacking. The best results are seen in stage 3 patients. A distal core decompression is indicated for stage 1, stage 2, and stage 3A disease. The technique creates a local vascular healing response. A partial wrist fusion is another potential option, and this can be an STT fusion, a capitate shortening osteotomy, plus or minus a hamate fusion, and a scaphocapitate fusion. This is indicated for stage 2 disease with ulnar neutral or positive variants, stage 3a or 3b disease, and remember that you must address internal collapse patterns like a DZ deformity. A proximal row carpectomy is indicated for stage 3b disease and stage 4 disease. As far as outcomes, some studies have shown superior results of STT fusion over a proximal row carpectomy for stage 3b disease. Wrist fusion is indicated for stage 4 disease, and in the technique, you must remove the arthritic part of the joint. Finally, a total wrist arthroplasty is indicated for stage 4 disease. As far as outcomes, long-term results are not available. Now, let's quickly talk about the technique for vascularized bone grafts in a bit more detail. Many options have been described, including transfer of the pisiform, transfer of the distal radius on a vascularized pedicle or pronator quadratus, transfer of the branches of the first, second, or third dorsal metacarpal arteries, 4 plus 5 extensor compartment artery or ECA, and the technique also involves temporary pinning of the STT joint, SC joint, or external fixation which may be used to unload the lunate after revascularization. Now, let's go over the impact of certain surgical procedures on radiolunate contact stress. So in an STT fusion, there's a 3% decrease on radiolunate contact stress. In a scaphocapitate fusion, there's a 12% decrease on radiolunate contact stress. In a capitohamate fusion, there is 0% decrease on radiolunate contact stress. Ulnar lengthening of 4 millimeters translates to 45% decrease on radio lunate contact stress. Radial shortening of four millimeters also has a 45% decrease on radiolunate contact stress. And finally, capitate shortening and capitohamate fusion has a 66% decrease on radiolunate contact stress, but 26% increase in radioscaphoid load. OK, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over a few questions to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic has been tested on past exams. The first question reads, an unemployed 60-year-old female who smokes cigars daily has three years of increasing wrist pain. She was initially seen by her primary care physician who referred the patient to a skilled hand surgeon. The hand surgeon diagnosed her with Keenbox disease and gave her an injection at that time. She has been managed conservatively, but now her symptoms are increasingly severe. Her most recent radiographs show lunate sclerosis and collapse. A lateral radiograph demonstrates scaphoid flexion with a radioscaphoid angle of greater than 60 degrees. The surgeon recommends a proximal row carpectomy but expresses that a total wrist arthrodesis would not be warranted due to the limited extent of carpal involvement. Based on the radiographs and the surgeon's recommendation, the patient's lunate pathology is at what stage? And the choices are one, stage one, or lunate edema, 2, stage 2, or lunate sclerosis, 3, stage 3a, or lunate collapse, 4, stage 3b, or lunate collapse with scaphoid flexion, and 5, stage 4, or lunate collapse with pancarpal arthritis. The correct answer to this question is 4, stage 3b, or lunate collapse with scaphoid flexion. So the patient presents with advanced keenbox disease or avascular necrosis of the lunate. The patient has Keenbach disease with a collapsed lunate and a flexed scaphoid. The radioscaphoid angle of greater than 60 degrees in the Lichtmann classification moves the injury from a stage 3A to a 3B. To quickly review, Keenbach's disease is thought to be precipitated by a combination of anatomic and biomechanical factors such as repetitive trauma, ulnar negative variance, decreased radial inclination, and vascular congestion. Lichtmann classified Keenbox disease into four stages— based on the severity of the disease in order to guide diagnosis and management. The earliest stage of Keenbach disease, Lichtman stage 1, may be treated with immobilization. As lunate sclerosis becomes evident on plane films, or stage 2, the condition is then managed with either radial or capitate shortening, STT fusion, or a revascularization procedure. The same treatment applies to isolated lunate disease, as the lunate fragments, but the scaphoid remains in appropriate position, Corresponding to a stage 3a. However, with lunate collapse and fixed scaphoid flexion in a stage 3b, a proximal row carpectomy is one of the recommended treatments, with other options including lunate excision and limited intercarpal fusion, or a scapho trapezoidal or scaphocapitate capitate fusion. Finally, with degeneration of the remainder of the carpus or stage 4, the patient's options may be limited to a proximal row carpectomy, intercarpal fusion, or wrist fusion. Moving on to the next question, a 28-year-old jackhammer operator presents with four years of wrist pain. The patient was seen three years ago and had normal wrist radiographs at that time. The PA who saw him diagnosed him with a wrist sprain, and he subsequently returned to work. His symptoms never improved, even after a period of casting, so he was referred to your clinic after an MRI was obtained. A T1 coronal MRI of the wrist demonstrates low signal intensity within the proximal pole of the capitate consistent with avascular necrosis. On physical examination, he has dorsal wrist tenderness and limited wrist extension. What surgical procedure may offer him the most reliable pain relief while best preserving the native anatomy? And the choices are 1. Vascularized bone graft, 2. Proximal pole excision and tendon interposition, 3. scaphocapitate or SC fusion, four proximal row carpectomy, and five scaphoidectomy and four-corner fusion. The correct answer to this question is one vascularized bone graft. So the patient has avascular necrosis of the proximal pole of the capitate. The surgical procedure which would offer him the most reliable pain relief while best preserving the native anatomy is a vascularized bone graft aseptic or avascular necrosis of the capitate is a rare condition and often occurs secondary to a traumatic injury. Avascular necrosis of the capitate may be further potentiated by a number of unique anatomical features such as irregularity of the blood supply, which is typically palmar dominant, and retrograde perfusion, which is analogous to the scaphoid. This condition is also purportedly more common in ligamentously lax patients. Conservative treatment begins with cast immobilization, though recalcitrant cases may be treated with capitate decompression, SC fusion, four-corner fusion, or vascularized bone graft. A local vascularized graft offers the best chance of restoring perfusion to the capitate and preserving native anatomy. Moving on to the next question. A 30-year-old right-hand dominant accountant has progressive wrist pain for the last 18 months. He was initially treated in a cast, however his symptoms have continuously worsened. An AP x-ray of this patient shows that the lunate is collapsed and there is a loss of carpal height secondary to proximal capitate migration. A lateral x-ray of this patient demonstrates a flex scaphoid. He reports decreased grip strength and physical exam is significant for decreased wrist extension and tenderness directly over the radiocarpal joint. Examination of the contralateral wrist is otherwise unremarkable. All of the following are described as etiologies for the above condition except, and the choices are 1, ulnar negative variance, 2, high interosseous pressure, 3, underlying medical conditions, 4, decreased radial inclination, and 5, increased carpal height. The correct answer to this question is 5, increased carpal height. So, the patient presents with advanced late stage Keenbox disease or avascular necrosis of the lunate. All of the other choices are risk factors for development of Keenbox disease except for increased carpal height. Conversely, a decrease in the carpal height is associated with avascular necrosis of the lunate. The etiology of Keenbox disease is multifactorial and includes ulnar negative variants, decreased radial inclination, vascular congestion from high interosseous pressure and medical conditions including scleroderma, sickle cell anemia, systemic lupus erythematosus, and corticosteroid use. The condition is more prevalent in men ages 20 to 40 and may be also associated with a history of trauma. Immobilization is the treatment for early Keenbox disease prior to lunate collapse, after which surgical intervention is indicated. Moving on to the next question, a 38-year-old man reports a six-month history of pain in his left wrist he denies any injury and is otherwise healthy. An MRI scan shows avascularity or a decreased signal intensity on the T1-weighted image of the lunate in an ulnar minus wrist. What is the recommended treatment? And the choices are 1. Radial shortening osteotomy, 2. Lunate excision with tendon interposition, 3. Lunate implant arthroplasty, 4. Ulnar shortening osteotomy, and 5. Total wrist arthrodesis. The correct answer to this question is one radial shortening osteotomy. So, the MRI scan described shows avascularity or decreased signal intensity on T1 weighted image of the lunate in an ulnar minus wrist, consistent with Keenbox disease. No degenerative changes are seen in the carpus. Of the choices listed, radial shortening osteotomy is the treatment of choice. This procedure provides an extra articular approach to treatment. The other options could be considered in more advanced cases or if joint deterioration slash destruction was noted. Lunate excision with tendon interposition and lunate implant arthroplasty are rarely used at this time. An ulnar shortening osteotomy could make the problem worse by increasing the contact forces between the radius and lunate. A limited intercarpal fusion is usually used prior to restoring to total wrist arthrodesis. Moving on to the next question, A 30-year-old female undergoes arthroscopy for a chronically painful right wrist that failed to improve with four months of immobilization and NSAIDs. Her clinical examination revealed point tenderness dorsally over the lunate, but no tenderness elsewhere in the wrist. An arthroscopic picture from the procedure shows a cartilage flap with a stable base left on the lunate. The articular surface of the lunate is stable to probing. The patient's radiograph shows some slight sclerosis of the lunate and negative ulnar variants, and the MRI shows diffuse edema and early osteonecrosis of the lunate. What is the most appropriate next step in treatment? And the choices are 1. continue immobilization and NSAIDs, 2. Radial shortening osteotomy, 3. Proximal row carpectomy, 4. scapho trapezio fusion, and 5. Wrist fusion. The correct answer to this question is 2, radial shortening osteotomy. So the patient's clinical presentation and radiographs are consistent with stage 2 keenbox disease in the setting of negative ulnar variants. Radial shortening osteotomy is the most appropriate treatment option listed for stage 2 disease, which is defined as lunate sclerosis without significant collapse. Shortening osteotomy can alter DRUJ contact pressures, leading to remodeling, especially in the presence of a TALAT type 2, such as that described in the radiographs. However, this remodeling has been shown to occur without the development of arthritis and therefore is not a contraindication to this procedure. The patient's radiograph shows some slight sclerosis of the lunate and negative ulnar variants, and the MRI shows diffuse edema and early osteonecrosis of the lunate. The arthroscopic image described shows a cartilage flap with a stable base left on the lunate. Based on these images, the patient has stage 2 disease and should be treated with a joint leveling procedure or radial shortening osteotomy in this case. And moving on to the final question, a 37-year-old man has a two-year history of increasing right wrist pain that is worse at night and aggravated by activity. He denies systemic symptoms, history of trauma, or recent weight loss. On physical exam, he has tenderness over the dorsal radiocarpal joint. Radiographs of the right wrist show evidence of lunate sclerosis with no obvious collapse. Which of the following imaging studies would be the most sensitive for determining the stage of this patient's underlying condition? And the choices are 1. Ultrasound, 2. Angiography, 3. CT scan of the wrist, 4. Clenched fist AP radiograph of the wrist, and 5. Bone scan of the wrist. The correct answer to this question is 3 CT scan of the wrist. So, the clinical presentation of dorsal radiocarpal wrist pain is suggestive of Keenbox disease. The radiograph of the patient's right wrist shows evidence of lunate sclerosis with no obvious collapse. The imaging study most sensitive for identifying early lunate collapse in Keenbox disease is CT scanning of the wrist. To quickly review, once again, Keenbox disease is defined by avascular necrosis of the lunate. It is classified into four stages under the Lickman classification. In stage 1, plane radiographs appear normal, and magnetic resonance imaging is required for diagnosis. MRI is useful for detecting early disease when sclerosis is not evident on plain film radiographs. In stage 2, plane radiographs and or CT scan images will show sclerosis of the lunate but no evidence of collapse. In stage 3, radiographs and or CT scan images will show lunate collapse. And for stage four, radiographs showed degenerative changes to the adjacent carpus and intercarpal joints. That's all for this review about Keenbox disease. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the OrthoBullets podcast, a daily audio review session by OrthoBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for orthopedic surgery education. Keep in mind that these podcasts are designed to go along with the topics on orthobullets.com. And in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the OrthoBullets website, while going through the topic. If you're enjoying the podcast so far, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks so much, and we'll see you all tomorrow.